0: Implants. Those aren't your memories, they're somebody else's.
1: If we let it in, the ship could be infected. You know the quarantine procedures. 24 hours for decontamination. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Go you got what you want. Give these people air. I'm a sort of part-time co-host that shows up for intermittent episodes, Kyle Norris. And who are you?
0: Yeah, uh,
2: today I'm Philip Lance, as like most other days. And with us today, the third Musketeer.
0: Nathan Lance.
2: Yes. So we got all three of us here today. And uh, good thing because we're, we're, we're at the end of the book. We're finishing book one today. And I know it was more than ten chapters. We usually do ten chapters, but... I mean it was 15 chapters. So instead of having those last chapters of that book sped by,
1: yeah, like, they so fast. Again. It would have been
2: it would have been a Dude. little ridiculous to do 10 chapters and then start at 51 and then read 51 through 55 or whatever because like that 50 51 area of the 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 batch of chapters was just like I don't want to stop, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to stop. So I think it
0: it worked out best. I personally. think it was they well we'll get it, but they like they killed Dresden and then they split their ways. Spoiler! No. <laughs> and then uh it's like Holden is watching the Navu almost hit this thing, and then it's just like nah. Just like goes out of the way. And then that's when like the book, you're just like, Okay, what? I'm not stopped reading. That thing a space station just moved. Just like blank. dodged dodged the biggest ship. Being built of mankind, and it's just like, nah, I'm done. I'm over here now.
1: So I was really bothered when that happened. And it wasn't in so when that happens and it dodges, the first thing I remember is reading somewhere that uh the proto-molecule had been caught by the gravity of Saturn. And I remember thinking to myself, if this proto-molecule is so awesome, like how did it just get caught? By a gravity well. And it actually answers that. I think it was on page. It was my page 525. Whenever he makes the comment that the payload. Isn't what steers. It's just a bullet. It's like a frozen bullet just being shot. Yeah, it's Julie who's steering the ship. And that was just so, so cool. Maybe my favorite moment. And Miller's character development. When he is like, like. Just the whole time. But like him and. Oh man. I was was loving it. (laughs) I was loving it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, before we kick into any breakdowns or anything like that, I looked and uh, we don't have any emails. So nothing came through today uh, for us to talk about or make fun of each other or whatever. So uh, we can just kick in. I'll read this uh, little summary real quick and then we'll talk about it. So where we left off, uh, they basically just got on to – Thoth station and like kicked open the control panel or the uh, control center doors. So Anthony Dresden explains that all the researchers there were turned into non-empathetic psychopaths and that Eros was simply a test to see what the protomolecule could do when introduced into human test subjects. Dresden explains how important this research is since there's a clear alien threat trying to wipe out humanity. Miller shoots him in the face before he can convince everyone (laughs) that What he was doing was right, which he actually seemed to be doing. Holden is furious and kicks Miller off the Rossi crew. Back on Tycho, Naomi explains to Holden that she really is DTF and is tired of waiting for him to take a move, so she makes it for him. Now they're an item. No one will hire Miller anywhere, so he begs Fred for a job. They come up with a plan to destroy Eros by flying the Nauvoo, a generation ship Fred was building for the Mormons, into it and crashing it into the sun. Fred sends five ships full of fusion bombs to blow up Aero's docking ports, and the Rossi acts as a muscle to stop a UNN science vessel accompanied by a Corvette-class military ship, the same as the Rossi, from docking. After the bomb ships are docked, Miller decides to remain on the station so he can die when the bombs go off. Fred launches the Navoo, but Aero Station shouts, Don't touch me! and moves out of the way on its own, which requires expending gigatons of energy, apparently. Eros blocks radar and lidar, and begins accelerating towards Earth faster than any ship can keep up with. Holden contacts Miller to get the detonation codes for the fusion bombs, only to find he's still on the asteroid, which actually works out for the best. Miller hauls one of the bombs into the station on a cart, hoping to destroy the brain of the protomolecule, whatever is controlling the propulsion. Earth launches all its nukes, targeting the transponders of the docked ships, since it can't get a target lock any other way. Miller, after listening closely to the voices coming from the comm system, realizes that it's actually Julie flying the station, and she thinks she's driving her racing pinnace, the Razorback. Miller tells Holden to buy him some time, so Fred diverts the nukes off course so they'll take longer to get there. Miller finds Julie, what's left of her, wakes her up, and convinces her to wrestle control away from the protomolecule. Julie successfully manages to divert the asteroid's trajectory away from the Earth, and crashes it into Venus. In the epilogue, Holden says that there are two kilometer high, crystal towers, growing on the surface of Venus. So presumably, the proto molecule has survived. All right, let's go.
0: Uh, so starting off, you keep saying like, Miller just shoots him in the face, like it's a one. No, he like, coop de gras him. He shoots him in the head, then like walks up to him and empties the clip into his entire body. I don't think he shoots the whole clip into him. Oh, he, he definitely- is. It's more than, like, seven bullets. I think he shoots them three times. Mm, he shoots them more than... It's enough to where it's like, the first one, yeah, he kind of deserved it. But then the second two, Holden was like, ooh, that guy's mean. Yeah. Like, <sighs> Holden got his, uh... Whoa! His us Okay, about mind. Holden
2: got a wad in his panties during that one. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so, uh, they're, they go, they're there at the, uh... Thought station and basically they're like all right you're trying to like compromise and like make this like deal or something like that ain't happening like we're taking this thing down yeah so, yeah. so that that uh and
0: the way it was written like they didn't really give you that much of a like yeah maybe he does have a point with dresden mm-hmm. you were just sitting there you're like okay when's it gonna say He was shot in the face like the whole time he was talking. I'm like, just kill this guy. Yeah. Goodness sakes. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I definitely found myself like when I was listening to him like, man, this guy is like full on eugenics. Like he is just all about it, has no care in the world about anybody. And I remember thinking, man, I wish I could shoot him in the face. And sure enough, my hero Miller is there to do the deed.
2: Yeah. That's what he's good for yeah he's doing, good at killing what needs stuff to, doing what needs to be done
1: and it just it 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 fits so well with his character and all of his character development where he's like struggling <laughs> with all of these different emotions
2: yeah
1: and I, there he is he's like getting convinced you can feel him being like wow like he I'm he like,
0: almost I'm, he did it in like a sense of revenge but it wasn't really revenge because he was like I know this guy killed Julie, the person that I was looking for, and I found them. But he's got to go like it's it wasn't. And then, well, I take that back because it explains it on later that it was out of. Like he's having that existential crisis on the rock or on the space station flying through space, and he's like, you know, maybe I did do this for revenge. Cause it had that whole inner monologue where he's like holding the dead man switch. And I, I, I don't know why, but I had anxiety through that whole process. <laughs> Cause it was like, he would be talking and then out of nowhere, it would be like one, two, three. And I'm like, what do you count? The dead man switch, put your finger back
2: on. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Just the whole, I don't know. What if
2: that one time when he had to like lay it down on top of the like thing so that he could use his hands to open the door. What if like you pulled it out and like the screen was damaged to a way where like he couldn't push the switch? Like, oh, <laughs> I it thought goes. the That's, same
1: you know. thing. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out like how is the mechanics of this like? Is that kind of thought like iPhone where like it kind of senses your finger? Yeah, and I was thinking like how do you how do you prop it on there to where it's like a pressure sensor as well? Yeah, I don't like, know. Do you... Going
0: from seeing what the hand terminals look like in the TV show and then like what they describe about in the book, I'm like, how okay, so it, it's kind of like a piece of glass. That's just yeah. like, here's the information. But then it like disappears at the same time. So I'm like, what is, there's nothing tangible you're touching. How are you going to put a box on um, a, like a hologram? And I, I mean, it worked because they, it, it didn't blow up. So I mean, six
1: it my unit. <laughs>
0: yeah, so
2: they, uh, yeah. So um, they leave the, they leave Thoth Station after they totally wrecked that dude. Um, and they make their way back to Tycho Station. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Miller shoots him, and, he, and then and then uh, Holden's like, dude, find your own way home. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so then they go back to Tycho Station, and they kind of put, the, put together a plan for what to do with Eros, right? And so... Yep. Um, they they planned to destroy uh, this was so Miller couldn't find work you know he was he got paid for that job on Thaw Station but his money ran out and he was like hot bunking with that kid yeah and uh he's like dude I I can't do this anymore this is ridiculous (laughs) so he he like runs out of money and then he's like going to different people trying to get a job and the only person that will give him a job is Fred Johnson and uh, And he like
0: reluctantly gives it to him yeah he's like really he's okay. like i shouldn't
2: give you a job because you're you're actually like like it wouldn't be good to have you on our team because of like who you are and what you've done and he's like but also like i'm the perfect person to put on your team <laughs> yeah <laughs> because like you don't want me to go anywhere else because of what i've done and what i know he's like ah, man, you're not wrong but i don't like that you're right
0: the whole fact that he was like I mean, the reader knew that he was very suicidal. Like, not—I wouldn't say necessarily suicidal, but like, I want to not be here anymore. I think I've lived my life, but it's weird to think that like all these people that are like, "Oh, it's Miller," (laughs) like don't really know like what's going on, and he's just so nonchalant about it. And then I remember um, the part in the book where Holden contacts him, and he's like. Miller, I need your detonation codes for this, that, and the other. And he's like, okay, here they are. He's like, where are you? He's like, "Um, I'm on Eros. And I'm like, well, I think he was talking about getting the uh, guys.
2: Because he's like, hey, we need to like go back and do something. Uh, get your guys ready. And he's like, I can't. I mean, like, I can, I can give you all the information that you need, but I can't get my guys ready because uh, I'm still on Eros.
0: That's right. Yeah. But. I think that's when Holden kind of figured out that it was like, oh, maybe we should have given this guy more hugs or something. Because, like, (laughs) he's just going to sit on a space station. And the way, another thing that boggles my mind, because me and Philip have had this conversation, and I'd like to get your opinion on it. uh, But, like traveling through space like at super super fast g's i think at one time they said that the eros station was going like 8g or 10 g's oh
2: it was more than that
0: like it was gonna get up to where your body basically just like liquefies
2: yeah they were talking they uh i think they were close to like 12 g's when they were chasing it and holding like back the rosie off because yeah, like, like, but the rosie's only like good up until like 15 G's. And then at that point, like we'd be literally killing ourselves. And so yeah. there's no reason for us to like continue because it only seems like Eros can, is just going to keep getting faster and faster.
0: Yeah. And he contacts Miller and Miller's like, we're moving like what? Like, I don't even feel it. Like there's no, well, he, he's not like we're moving, but he, he couldn't feel it, but he sees the asteroids that they're like flying into, like blowing up chunks of the station. And I was thinking to myself, uh, I was like, "Man, what if he was just like walking, and one just, Blech. he's gone." <laughs> uh, just
1: I don't I, he know. makes it's a comment crazy. about that too. He even he even talks about like, "Oh man, if one of them little small pieces hits me, I'm dead." Yeah. And then he just keeps rolling along like it's just, it's just kind of like a, a a comment in passing, you know, yeah. right back to his nihilism where he's not he's like suicidal but not suicidal. He's like, "Well." Sucks if it happens, but let's keep going.
2: I mean, I guess it just makes my life only, what, 15 minutes shorter?
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of put, in my mind, I thought of, like, that scene from Band of Brothers when he's, like, they're sitting all behind in this trench, and a guy puts his head up, his helmet gets shot off. He just picks it down, puts it back on, and he, like, stands up again. I'm like, Mm -mm. no, don't, don't do that. Just meteors flying into where you're walking, and you're like, that sucks. All right. I hope I don't get hit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So they uh, got the plan, and they're going to fly. They're going to fly the Nauvoo, which is the Mormon, like, big old ship that they're building at Tycho. They're going to fly it and, like, collide it with Eros so that Eros doesn't connect with uh, the Earth, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, Fred sends people in. To like pull people out of the ship because there's people working there, and I don't know exactly, you know, what every individual person's doing in there at the time, but like basically, they empty the ship and send it on its way, and it's going headed towards Eros, and then Eros is just like, bloop, you know, like,
0: nope. Yeah. And okay, the way they described it in the book, like, reading, uh, when they first see the the Nauvoo, you're like, that's a big ship. That's, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty big. Yeah. But when Miller describes it like it coming up over the horizon and it just completely blocks out yeah. like his entire horizon and he's like, what is that? Oh, I know what that is. And then he sees it just fly by and he's like, they missed. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Like the entire horizon was this ship and Eros was like, no. Yeah. do That's crazy. Don't man. touch me. Yeah.
2: So. It just it just moves to the left, like, eh, no, nah, just kidding. Don't don't don't. Be, just get out of here. And
0: um. And once again, he doesn't feel it.
2: Right. Like, no. You would think that they would like experience, you'd be able to experience that kind of movement, but he doesn't. And I think that's like, the beginning of Eros like moving. Yeah. Because before that point it was just standing still and then it moved out of the way and then it was just like let's go and then it takes off. Um I was think so it, it proto molecule like they talk about it being magic in the book they're like it's like it's magic but it's not, you know, like they 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 do their best to explain how it isn't and in my mind like they're talking about all these like gigatons of You know force that it would take to move this thing Mm -hmm. and i was like where are you getting the materials to create that kind of force like magic (laughs) i mean like I, i i imagine that like there's enough material you know there that could be converted to energy to be able to conduct that kind of movement but then i was like wait didn't they just bring like a whole bunch of like fusion bombs onto the station like mm-hmm. what if it was just like uh how about nope how about nope and then it just like turned those into propellant and was like pfft, and moved over
0: i mean yeah that uh, could but it doesn't like expl- the the things were weren't exploded like
2: no they weren't exploded they were turned into prop- i don't know i'm just saying like that's oh. that's well in my... my mind i was just like there's literally talking about like gigaton explosions and i'm like didn't they just bring bombs onto the st- so
0: now i'm not a a physicist or in i'm not smart at all um but to me isn't it like a human body can produces enough power to like run a house or something i have no idea like there's a there's a statistic that the human (laughs) body can like i don't know i have to look it up i'll look it up but to me like the proto molecule took millions and millions of people and yeah. there's your energy right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a—it's not a machine. It doesn't need propellant to do things. It's got living organisms that are constantly creating energy. Sure. So the molecule could just be like, all right, so with my left butt cheek, I'm going to swing it out and dodge this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Because, like, I don't know, that's just... <sighs> yeah. I know, like... More about it since I'm in book three, but no cheats. I, I got... Wait,
1: so it comes back? Spoiler. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, mean, I, I figured it, it was, because it's on it's Venus. I don't mentioned. know why. And I don't know why he doesn't send it to the, the sun instead of Venus, <laughs> or Venus instead of the sun. I don't know why he does that. Like, I get the whole thing about the joke.
2: Yeah,
1: he's like, "Oh, it's Venus" or something, right? But you would think, let's just go ahead and go to the nice fusion core in the center of soul.
2: Yeah. But, uh, yeah,
0: I don't know. Well, a lot of, you know, a lot of the conversation that, yeah, Miller and Julie have, I mean, you only get a snippet of conversation, so who knows what they talked about in the chapters where they're not mentioned. You know, like... I can't really... Uh, then don't, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so, well, I mean, before before it crashes into Venus, there's a, there's a little bit that happens. So it, like, jumps out of the way, and it starts, like, taking off, and there's the UNN, like, science ship there that Holden had to, like, strong arm into, like, yo, dude, we'll, like, we'll... We may be like a fair fight, but that science, that ship over there that you're protecting, like we'll we'll just we'll spank its hams, and <laughs> you, you're here to protect it. Like you ain't gonna protect it from us, you know, kind of a deal. And yeah. So they're like, all right, well, well, we'll 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 not get on Eros right now. So Eros just kind of like starts moving, and they're like, hey yo, uh, UNN ship, like it'd be great if you would come with us because we're following this thing, and they're like, well yeah i guess so until they're all like moving and following this thing (laughs) and uh yeah it just keeps speeding up it just keeps going faster and faster and faster and i don't i don't think they get up to 12.
0: i don't think they get up to 12g but 15 is because i remember now 15 is death for like the ship can go faster than 15 uh g's but 15 is death and they were at 8. and eros was like pushing up to 12. Like it was right, it was booking yeah,
2: it, yeah. And and they couldn't, um, the reason why they were like chasing it is because they couldn't get a like radar lock onto it or a ladar lock. Um, and so like they had to keep it in visual range in order to like be able to tell like Earth where it was because mm-hmm. Earth launched all those nukes to try and blast it out of the out of the space. Yeah, I almost said blast it out of the sky, but blast it out of space. So, they had to keep a visual, like, they had to be able to see it in order to be like, hey, it's right there. Because if they couldn't see it anymore, then they'd be like, we don't know where it went. The next time you see it, it's going to be coming through the sky on Earth. Yeah. So, they were trying to burn it down and, like, keep track of it.
0: And uh, And then smart old Holden was like, wait a minute, we could just use the transponders of the ships that are already on it. Well,
2: they stopped before they figured that part out.
0: Yeah. Because they're like...
2: we we can't continue to chase this thing like yeah okay uh fred was like you guys might have to go into autopilot which literally means like goodbye yeah like it's you're committing suicide because you're just going to keep going faster and faster and faster your ship will be able to do all the like you know calculations but it's going to kill all the crew inside eventually you're going to have like a 100 percent casualty you know on your
0: whatever and like okay well uh, good job guys Something that me and Philip talked about is like how they measure time, and they measure time in distance, and with the constant force of like going through space. To me, we were talking about it, and it's like they're not going like it's not like all right, we're going a hundred miles an hour, and we're gonna stick at a hundred miles an hour. Like they're constantly. Accelerating, so like the more G's that you put on your body, because eventually, like it, you know, Newton's law of gravity: anything that stays in motion, motion is motion, motion, motion. You're in motion. You're not me going in a. We try and talk smart, but we yeah. don't really know what these laws. If I'm are. if I'm in a car going 60 miles an hour, my body is going 60 miles an hour, and I don't feel it. So therefore, this has to mean that the faster. Or the more weight that they're putting on themselves that means they're constantly accelerating so it's like what would be the difference between going from earth to luna you know there's a time frame right there because you have the earth rotation which are the days and then you have luna to saturn it's like there's no earth days in space so how are you going to do it and it's it, i can go on for hours i'm going to shut up because it's making me upset <laughs> i'm gonna start crying over here
2: i'm gonna start crying you're gonna make me
0: cry i don't know space yeah
2: so uh yeah so they're trying to keep, in the uh the rosie backs off because they're like it's stupid for us to keep chasing this thing if we mm-hmm. keep if we keep chasing this we're gonna die and we're not gonna do anything to like help and uh holden gets really upset like he starts punching the walls and stuff and, like, he starts punching the walls before he realizes he's actually, like, punching walls and stuff. And he's like, if, I, there, if there was, like, a button that I could push to fix all this thing, like, you don't think I would push it? You know, because they're, like, kind of, like, discussing
0: and everything. Like, what what was that going on? He's got that, it's my fault. Everything sucks. Blah, blah. And you're like, <laughs> no, it's a literal alien virus that took over a space station. What? How's that your fault? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't beat yourself up, dude. But, uh. He, he kind of like,
2: comes to this realization that because uh, when they stopped, um, the UNN ship like turned its transponder back on. Right. And so like Holden was like, Oh, Eureka, like the ship, you know, like we can talk to uh, Miller, you know, who's on this thing. So it's not blocking all, you know, like, waves and communications it's just blocking radar and radar it's like and we have ships that can do that you know? yeah like we have i mean they don't have a stealth ship that can do that but there are stealth ships that can do that he's like it's literally just going into stealth mode and it's like wait we got all those ships that are like docked there with the bombs like let's turn their transponders back on yeah and so um that's when he finds out that miller's still on on uh eros yeah. And they turn the transponders back on. And they're like, hey, good job, guys! You fi- you figured it out how we could track them down. And so
0: then Earth launches like all of nukes. Yeah. I was like I think go. they said it was two hundred and seventy eight countries. Yes, yeah, so, something like, ridiculous launched all of their ordnance. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna guess like maybe ten thousand nukes.
1: I like, do oh, yeah. Well, they, but- they had launched those nukes prior to. Uh, Holden stopping G's right. He was chasing it. Oh, that's true. With his laser. yeah, he was chasing it so the nukes that, nukes that they could
0: lost. land those. Because uh, he was doing uh, laser targeting. Yeah, he was trying
2: shinin- They were shining yeah. a laser on it, and that's what was given the yeah the target.
1: And so it was a big moment in the book where he has to convince the United Nations to give over their tr- the 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 codes for the yeah. nukes, and they were like, "We're not, we're not doing that." And he's well, like, nah. "You're gonna have to do it." And they're like, we're not doing it. And eventually, because I thought that was the one of the funniest parts. It's like my third favorite part of the whole book, where by the end of it, Fred has access to these nukes. It just by the end of the book, just they just disappear, right? No one, yeah, he has them. <laughs> but it was a big moment where he has to like do this weird, can like he had to convince them. It was crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's um, and then um basically they they take over the nukes and fred johnson gets control of these nukes because they're trying to give miller more time because they realize miller was like oh yo this is this is my girl this is my girl who's here on the station who's driving this thing so we gotta he's like i want to go talk to her and tell her to like not ram it into earth (laughs) and i think it was amos was like what (laughs) and he's just like no just blow it up like you were expecting to blow it up and so uh Holden like asks Naomi is like hey is there any way that we can give them more time it's like maybe like curve the flight of these uh you know rockets or whatever and she's like well how much time do you need he's like she's like we could just basically give them as much time like indefinitely you know Mm -hmm. and so basically they just keep Switching transponders around so that like these ships or the nukes like they go oh nope they're over there that's oh now it's over there oh now it's over there so they kind of just like do this like long turn but eventually uh...
0: for all those who can't see my brother is standing up in the middle of the room directing where rockets are going. <laughs> <laughs> Fact. He's Fact. not standing. That's exactly he's sitting in a chair, but he's doing rocket hands. Yeah, and uh,
1: the. The UN gets very, very upset that that's happening, because and that's when the core event, thats the, all of Earth's lobby.
2: like nukes, like it's all of their weapons. And I think they get more upset that they didn't explode because they—they they literally rammed Eros into Venus without using any of the ordnance. And Fred Johnson has like all of it now. Like if he's under, he's got all of these like nukes under his control now, and they're like yeah i don't like that i
0: don't, I don't nah, like that. that makes sense because like hey buddy, he, i'm guessing but he bought these are were... seat at
1: the table didn't he yeah
0: i'm guessing these were some of the chapters that i was listening to while running because i remember parts and bits of that but i'll like i remember thinking to myself i'm like i know yeah okay so we finished this is the end of the book so i can yes this is
1: and so the, the second part is, like, when, it, when you're talking about, like, wanting to, to go back and, like, put all the pieces together, there's something that I'm, I'm still curious about. So in the very first episode, I brought up how weird that I thought it was that whenever the uh, Canterbury, they go, they find the, uh, uh, the scapuli. they have this transponder, right? This Martian sort of stamped transponder, right? It has Martian tech. And I thought it was weird that it was just booby trap there. Like you have these stealth ships sitting out there and you have this weird transponder. What were they hoping for? Why was there a trap? Because obviously Protogen still had, uh, they were still conducting experiments. Protogen was already sort of like figuring out, okay, hey, Julie's probably over here. She probably escaped this. Why, are, why did they set the booby trap in the first place? Why did they destroy the Canterbury? What, there was nothing on the ship. If the stealth ships are sitting out there trying to look at stuff, like try to maybe see if someone's coming back to it so they can get a clue at where Julie's at, that doesn't really seem to make sense to me because they would have scoured the ship, saw that there was nothing there that they could use, and then they would have just destroyed the ship. Why did they set the the transponder?
0: I have an idea. He probably knows. Go ahead. I have an idea. I think uh, Julie Mao sent it there for, like, a rescue, or, like, hey, come look at this thing. Like, this is a bad place to be. You shouldn't be here. Look at this. And, you know, while... Because she's a vomit zombie at this point. Well, not really. No, she was... She's like, becoming one. No. Like, as she leaves the scalpuli. How does so, she even get up? No, she gets off the scalpuli to get onto the...
2: They abduct her off the scalpuli. That, that protegen ship. And put her on... Um, I wanna say it's like the Phoenix or something like that.
0: Which uh, is the, the
2: Sphinx or something like that. Yeah, which
0: is the ship that's wait, how did she get off that ship? She escaped. Oh yeah, I she thought shut she, down the reactor. I thought she
1: took a escape not a escape pod, but like one of those um I thought she took a ship off of the scapuli and, and got out of there. Because she was on her ship.
2: She was on her ship. The
1: scapuli takes her off of her original ship, takes her crew prisoner. They're in the scapuli, everything goes crazy because she's locked up in the locker, right? That's the very that's the pro uh, the prologue.
0: That's not on the scapuli though. The scapuli is that's her scapulae? ship. The ship that na- the ship that she gets kidnapped from. The ship in the beginning where she's stuck in the locker is the protogen ship that they're like kidnapping all these Anubis. people. Yeah, that one.
2: She's on the yeah. the uh, prologue
0: prologue, like with the reactor leak and because you remember like right, during that right, right, during right, that right.
2: scene. Uh like she goes down to the reactor and like uh, that huge like flesh mob around the reactor and like when when Holden and his team go on to the scopuli at the beginning, like that's not there on the scopuli.
0: And so you're like, What the hey? But oh, that that didn't hit me until they started talking about the Anubis. Yeah. Like So the Anubis was the one that had all the <coughs> like the, the, the pro
2: the proto molecule leak in yeah. it, I guess. And so the Anubis was the one that was parked, um, at the uh, little asteroid out in space, you know, that was mm-hmm. the uh, location from her hand terminal.
0: Oh, wait, no, it was the scalpuli was put out there with the transponder so that they could start the war so that they could drop. Right. Like, it was baited there so they could distract from Eros. Because
2: Protogen, Protogen was trying to, like, incite a war amongst Mars and Earth and the OPA, so they had like the ability to run their human tests yeah, in like anonymity, you know, like they didn't yeah. want anybody to find out and they're like, Oh look, another space station went down, you know? And so like, it was like, Ooh, was it earth that destroyed it? Or was it Mars that destroyed it? Cause it's a, like, it was an OPA, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, space station. That makes sense. It. Yeah. That and so sense. Protogen okay. was okay. like stacking the deck for them to be able to do the Eros X, uh, um, experiments yeah so that was it, it, it's it's tricky to kind of like figure that out because they don't directly say that i don't think but um they're they're kind of like
0: they're... no holden and uh miller no naomi no fred i think it's it's, it's either holden <laughs> or miller and holden or fred are talking about like yeah start a war so we can Play in the pantry behind everyone's back, or something mm-hmm. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I didn't really put that into consideration of like why it happened mm-hmm. until right now. I'll be like, oh yeah, okay, that does make. I thought it was just like a plot point thrown out there, not really a red herring, but like.
2: This kind of could... like, oh, that's that's interesting. This
0: could have been, yeah. And now it's like, oh wait, that's I don't what think it was. They, I don't think that they actually explain
2: exactly how. Julie made it off of the Anubis and onto Eros. Mm. Um, they, there was probably lifeboats <clears throat> on the Anubis. And since she was the only one left, like everyone had been like turned into like vomit zombies and flesh, what? you know, all that. And
0: then she got in one of the lifeboats and like took off, which I think it takes them at least a month to get from uh C- or, no, not series C- Eros to where the Anubis is, so if, like, there are people are getting thrown up on, on Eros, and immediately, like, within twelve hours, changing. How did Julie Mao get from the Anubis to Eros without completely vomiting? Well,
2: because uh, they talk about oh, it. oh, radiation, about... radiation. Well, no, they talk about it very specifically, and that how like the proto molecule was designed to take over you know, our solar system like billions of years ago when we were like one cell organisms. Mm -hmm. And so it was specifically designed to, you know, rewrite and terraform at the one cell, you know, organism stage, like the beginning
0: of Prometheus.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, when, when it infects like humans, it's learning to adapt and it's learning to like do all these things. And Julie was just like the first piece of the puzzle. Where like it was just like oh wait we could like f- we could like use this you know not not that it was like sentient enough to be like hey we could use this in a certain way but it kind of like she was uh, in, she was an anomaly maybe a mutation yeah like, within within the processes and it started to like figure out like oh well let's take this like creature and so that's why she was piloting the aerostation instead of just being a
0: regular yeah. zo- vomit zombie and like, also like. That what i said about the radiation like the people on eros got just like go to bed radiated and here's the protomolecule. so they're immediately like feeding with the radiation oh yeah they,
2: they definitely upped the radiation on like they and, I, they basically like killed the people
0: before they yeah. infected them and what i'm thinking i'm thinking julie Mao did not go up to the reactor and like my friends no no yeah yeah she, uh, was, being, she was
2: definitely being careful because like she had destroyed all the like screens and everything in her room yeah so i mean it's staying away without
0: the radiation it probably explains it in the book and we're just like yep that happened okay (laughs) next i guarantee i guarantee
2: that protogen knew that julie Mao was on eros which is why they focused on eros as their like stage one like human trials Mm -hmm. because yeah yeah, yeah. there would it would be ridiculous for them to just like let julie Mao like leave the anubis And, like, not be tracking where the Anubis is and, like, what's going on there. So, like, oh, she's stuck here on Eros. Like, let's...
0: But here's the thing. The Anubis Anubis was a Protogen ship. Like... Yes, I think so. So, whatever happened in the Anubis started before Protogen was ready. Because it was a containment breach. Yeah, it
2: says that the anubis was owned by protogen.
0: So, cuz like they wouldn't just open up a canister in their own ship and let it just go, you know, buck wild. Um because I mean yeah, that wouldn't happen. So I'm thinking they're transporting this proto molecule somewhere and then it, it containment breach and then they're just like, "All right, screw it. We'll do it live. Go to Eros." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, like the way that Dresden was talking about it, it seemed like he was like, "Yes, it's happening all according to plan, but not really according to plan." We're getting te- So I don't honestly
1: think they got
2: they got the safe from the Anubis. They cut the safe out of the walls that's of what the it, of the Anubis. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That and so did. I don't, that I don't. Maybe
0: it had
1: to maybe be a container the Anubis, breach.
2: Well, but the safe. You think they had multiple safes of the proto molecule like on the Anubis? What if, like, the Anubis was like stage point five of the testing? Maybe.
0: I I just, I don't know. I feel like the way. Because it'd be
2: easier to just vaporize a ship than it would be like a whole space station. So they probably purposefully released the proto molecule in the Anubis to see, like, hey, this is what's going to happen for test subjects, you know? And like we need to do this on a larger scale. That would—they're all sociopaths, so that would make sense. Yeah, we need to do this on a larger scale because like that was good information, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. And so they're like, "Hey, well, Julie Mao went to Eros after being infected.
0: Like, there we go, perfect. Let's go to Eros." And like, I, my with the way I'm thinking about it, just like how everything was so rushed together, like you have the Golden Bough, who no longer work for the Golden Bough, that are just like ragtag group of mercenaries in stolen riot gear Mm -hmm. it's like if you needed a security to be you know quick and easy it's like oh well we had this containment leak so now we got to get all this material and all this stuff together and it's just i mean either way works you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like if you look at it my way you see all the crime and things declining because protogen's like we need you over here because we messed up I, i i don't I don't, I don't know. see I just,
2: Protogen as being... I don't see Protogen as making mistakes. I, I,
0: I want to think of them that way because they're all a bunch of buttholes.
2: Which is exactly why I don't <laughs> think that they were making mistakes. I think that they are purposefully making... taking the steps to do this because they're huge, you know... They got lots of money. They got lots of money. Yeah. And, like, they're doing some big-scale experiments. Like Protogen's a Earth-based security thing,
0: right? Protogen...
2: Yeah, they're not a security yeah, thing, they're like so. more of a uh, but it's earth, it's earth
0: based, uh, because that's where. Let's
2: see, we can look it up. Um, it's either, it's either earth based or, um,
1: I'm pretty sure it's earth based, yeah, I think because so, but... they, they made fun of, uh, they made fun of Havelock,
0: that's what his name was. I couldn't, I and was so like, it up. starts with an F and it does not start with an F, it starts with P, Favlov. <laughs> I would yeah. just have it, it's not really a spoiler, but the names in these books, oh my gosh. Like you get into book three from Earth and like this lady's name is like, hey, what's up? My name a ball of Dolph. And you're like okay, never reading that name again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's crazy. Like Yeah. And then they the the expositions of like here's this guy that will only be in this chapter for maybe three seconds, but he's from Germany. His skin is this color and this is what he looks like in the shower. And you're like, and I'm never going to ever hear about this guy ever again. Why did you just give me his entire life story? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it brings you a sense of like, you're looking at the person, but they're like, here's a guy. His name is Josh. You won't know him. Okay, Josh. Bye. See you. Yeah. Don't give me heartfelt, yeah, well, so <laughs> basically basically
2: the the end of the book one is the arrows crashing down onto Venus, and the I thought that the scene where like it was like dissecting and taking things apart like in the atmosphere mm-hmm. it was like super cool, and uh I mean this isn't much of a spoiler, but like that comes out again at some point <gasps> yeah. Uh, who would have thought?
1: Oh, yeah,
2: so that was kind of not necessarily important, but it was like, hey, guess what? Foreshadowing. So, mm-hmm.
1: well, um, I think anyone who reads that once they see that it's like building a two kilometer, they, like you realize at some point someone's going to try to go down to the surface of Venus and, and do something. Yeah, this. yeah, for sure. The um, thing,
0: the I thought there was a twist at the end of the book, and I don't know if you guys are the same. But uh, Fred Johnson is up having this press conference saying he's got the only protomolecule sample in existence. Yeah. And then he's like, what we should do as human beings is get rid of it, throw it into a sun, or we can reach for the stars. And I was like, this man better <laughs> not do what I think uh, he's <laughs> about to. Like, I was so mad.
1: He ends up getting uh, convinced by dresden yeah whatever dresden's like on his monologue like that's like that's kind of like tipping the hat to hey miller was right shooting him in the face like dresden was a dangerous dangerous person he ends up convincing fred who yeah. is now a very dangerous person yeah that hey maybe we uh maybe let's don't be so responsible how yeah. about we uh, do something crazy i think i think in the end like
2: when you when you're hearing uh like miller and holden like talk like at the end even though they don't like ever really apologize to each other i feel like holden finally realizes that like miller was right (laughs) yeah you know and he's like oh man like and it's i think that's one reason why he had like such a hard time with it because he knew that miller was right but at the same time like he came from it in a totally different way and the totally different way just like upset him because of how like grounded like holden's beliefs were on like what's right and what's wrong and then like miller does something off the wall that like just out front appears to be like totally wrong but in the end ended up being like yeah it was the right decision
0: it's him he uh, holden and naomi are having this like heart-to-heart thing and the whole gist of it is basically naomi being like but was he wrong yeah and you're just like oh my gosh she's trying so hard not to be like quit being a righteous little turd <laughs> like this man killed millions of people yeah and he got shot in the head Right. Like, he deserved more than that, but... Yeah. And then finally, so I Holden was, was really like, I guess you're right, all right. Yeah.
1: You let me Is put my lips very... on you, whatever. <laughs> so at the very end of the book, like, after the chapters are over, after the, the epilogue, mm-hmm. uh, there's sort of this, this question-answer thing where they're talking to the authors about the book. Mm-hmm. And he even explains how he wanted Holden to be this idealist yeah someone who was who who uh, didn't want to do any wrong a very righteous sort of person and he talks about miller he wanted miller to be the very down to earth like the realist almost a nihilist and i thought that the authors did an absolute phenomenal job putting that into the book right like they they really nailed it whenever they like Im- the way that these these characters oh, yeah. just embody those principles yeah and, and how i thought
2: yeah, how, how the, both of those philosophies overlapped and had contention. Because, like, they definitely overlapped when they were both on uh, Eros the first time and, like, trying to get off. And, like, they were dying. Like, <laughs> both of their philosophies overlapped so, exactly there. But then later on, when they came up with a different, like, moral dilemma, like, they were butting heads. You yeah.
0: Know? it defi- They definitely get me off. The- <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it definitely comes off as like i know this is nerd city but marvel captain america as holden and then dc peacemaker as miller like they both have a general idea of justice it's just like i'm i'm gonna go with peacemaker because uh he just like did you do bad today yeah (laughs) you're dead like that kind of i don't know but it's just like Holden is such a Captain America and I hate him for it. Oh my God. Like Chris Evans, Captain America.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for Facts. sure. All right. So, I mean, I think that's the uh, end of book one, man. We got all the way through book one. Woo! Yeah. So I know mm-hmm. you, you've, you're You've you in book two and Kyle, I, I'm pointing at Nathan when I say you're in book two and Kyle, you're in book two as well already. Uh, I'm in book three, son. Yes. Well, I know. That's that's what i'm saying so we oh. have we have we have options now um we can go in and read the uh butcher of anderson station and do that for our next podcast or we can just jump into book two
0: i'm uh, i'm good with either I, on the flight home i'm gonna listen to drive and butchers of Inter. you won't
2: actually because there's not an audiobook for either one.
0: Oh my gosh then i'm gonna have to <laughs> read them with my
2: eyeballs <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think let's do that. Let's uh, okay. I, I so, say let's do it. Let's let's get a hands on the copy and uh, yeah. Let's do for that the next
2: episode. for the next podcast, we'll cover both. I mean, Drive is uh, I'm looking at it here and Drive is technically book two point seven, but I for the life of me I can't think of a single thing that's in that story. I mean, it's like seven pages long. There's nothing in there that's going to spoil book. Two. I'll I'll read it
1: don't do it and let him know do them can... in order do them in order let's do the butcher of anderson station book two and then we'll do drive
2: okay that's fine okay that's yeah, fine because uh butcher of anderson station is like 35 pages or whatever it's pretty short we might have a short podcast next week no big deal i'll
1: i'll be the uh i'll be, I'll be the idealist the here we have yeah. to follow the rules all right okay
0: <laughs> sounds good sounds good i'm breaking i've broken them goodness <laughs> real hard <laughs> Hey, we're on. We just finished chapter. uh, We finished the first book. I'm almost done with the third. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, uh, that's what we'll plan on doing. Um, so the next episode that we come out will be, I don't know, episode six. And it'll be Butcher of Anderson Station. And then right after The Butcher of Anderson Station, we'll jump back into book two. And we will read, um, Caliban's War. So, all right. Um, obviously leviathan wakes the names of the books are supposed to be kind of like hey here's here here's like an idea of what it's about leviathan being the molecule wakes it wakes up because that's what the book's about mm-hmm. caliban's war caliban's a character from shakespeare for those of you who may or may not know so if you look up who caliban actually is and like Caliban's War will kind of give you a brief glimpse into what book 2 will be about. It's not a spoiler at all. Well, tch. but uh if you if you're curious <laughs> about the n- meaning of the uh of the names. So I mean, after you yeah. read book 3 or before you read book 3, Abaddon is like uh Abaddon Abaddon, you know, depending on how you want to pronounce it, it's supposed to be some kind of like Abyssal, you know, hellish demon or, you know, a devil or something like that. So mm. like the devil's gate, whatever.
0: That's kind of the I name industry. Stop <laughs> talking, man. I can't wait for that spoiler episode. I'm about to, oh right, okay. Pee All my right, pants so, off, uh, man.
2: Yeah, we're getting we're getting close to our time limit Ugh. here. And uh we we'll uh yeah, we'll catch back up next episode with uh, Butcher Ven station. Whoop! Yeah, so hey, if you want to, uh, send us a send us a comment. Hey, uh, we're on all kinds of different format or uh, platforms now. So if you want to go in and leave us a like or leave us a comment, uh, it'll always help us out. It'll give us more exposure for more people to hear us. Um, I mean, like we were, Nathan and I were looking at it earlier today. We got people all over the world uh, listening to the podcast right now, which is pretty cool. So uh, if it's not written in English, it, it it might be a little difficult for us to understand it. But we'll <laughs> do our best.
0: <laughs> I can, I can speak some German. So I don't know how much you can speak would be good enough. I mean, I can read it. we'll, we'll see. Like I can't form sentences. Somebody,
2: somebody we actually have like a certain, like nine percent of our listeners are from Germany. So if one of those individuals wants to send us <laughs> an email. I'll be like, here you go, Nathan. Yeah, try it out. So. Google Translate, boom. <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, yeah, man, this has been uh, this has been a great episode, a great book, and uh, man, we're looking forward to doing some more podcasts for you guys.
1: Um, Too easy, yeah, hundred percent agree.
2: Anything else from you guys? No, I'm no? good. Awesome. Mm. All right, well, uh, you've been listening to Space Opera Radio. I've been your host, Phil Bland's.
1: I'm your part-time, sort of, kind of, whenever I can, co-host, Kyle Norris. And I'm here.
0: I'm Nathan (laughs) Lambs. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week.